Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and I am just always excited about Sunday mornings and being here on the radio with you here on Wave 94. And, uh, well, this is show number 1035 that I've done with the talk show, but it's our fourth Sunday here on uh, 94.1, and that's kind of exciting. If you've never tuned into the show, we have a few rules. We We don't talk sports, politics, doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another, and that seems to have worked out real, real well over the years. And, uh... Let me just tell you that if you're out there and you're involved in Christian ministry, I'd love to have you on the show. Give me a call, area code 850-567-1703, or just call Wave 94. Brother Doug will fix you up and he'll hook us up. <laughs> Today I have Thaddeus Bruce here on the show with me, and he's a gentleman that I've just met, but we've kind of gotten to know each other a little bit here just talking in the studio, and he told me to tell you that he is a minister redeemed. Yes, Brother Bruce, yes. welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, go ahead and just explain that to us. Well, I'm a recovered drug addict, uh, alcoholic. Uh, uh, 23 years I struggled with my addiction, and uh, 21 different treatment centers as well. Oh, my goodness. And um, God said, I have a purpose and a plan. I'm not done with you. And uh, when God delivered me over 18 years ago, one of the things that he said was, I'm redeeming you. And being that I was in ministry, that came out was minister redeemed. Mm-hmm. Uh, to let others know, hey, listen, if God can redeem me, God can redeem you. He's no respect of a person. All right, All right. So now when you're talking about being a minister... Were you involved in faith at all before the addiction? I was. I was. I'm actually um, a fourth-generation preacher's son, um, and all of my life I was brought up in the ministry, Mm -hmm. um, singing, ushering, all of those good things. And um, my mother raised me in the church. Uh, My grandmother uh, raised me in the church. Uh, And uh, But, you know, I was kind of... Antsy. I wanted to get out and do things on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm an ex-professional basketball player and in the sports and all of those things. Uh, I got caught up and mixed up in all of the other things that went with that that lifestyle, the the drugs, the alcohol, the women, the money, and all of those things. Um, and I decided that um, I made the choices. And I decided I made the choices that that lifestyle or that type of lifestyle mm-hmm. was what I kind of gravitated toward. And before I knew it, I was addicted, and it was uncontrollable. Wow. So where, where were you raised? Right here in Tallahassee. Tallahassee. Right okay. here in Tallahassee. And uh, so your father was a, a local pastor here? No, my, actually my father was a pastor. He was uh, in Daytona Beach, um, Jacksonville, Orlando. He was in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Um, and um, so he traveled. Um, okay. He was actually their chief evangelist for many years. Okay. And so, uh, but I was here and I lived here with my mother okay. and my grandmother. That's okay. who I was raised by. Okay. So, growing up, growing up here in Tallahassee, I'm assuming you played sports, sports here in basketball. Uh, yes. Right here at Leon High School. Leon High School. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I went to Pensacola Junior College for two years, came back, and I played at, actually, I played at Florida State for, I think, about. A month, okay, and then I said, "Well, no, I'm going to FAMU." So I went straight to directly to FAMU. I played two years at FAMU. I didn't know they let you do that. Well, <laughs> it, it was kind of like my registration was a little messed up, and okay. I didn't know it. Right. And when I re- it came to to the forefront, 
uh, I really was not registered. And so uh, <laughs> I directed a Florida and wow, registered. Because yeah. I know I they have in. they have rules about they uh, do. Uh, transferring to other schools. And they've changed a lot of that recently. But it used to be a lot more, more strict. You it couldn't was. Just, uh, yes. just couldn't do that. So you ended up over, over FAM. So how long did you play FAM? Uh, two years. Two years. Two years. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, now what year would that have been? That was 79 through 81. Okay. And then after that, did you go pro after I that? I did. I tried with San Antonio for... Uh, my first joint, my first venture uh, got cut, and then I played in Mexico for three years. Okay. Um, um, coming back each summer, I was trying out, uh, but it just didn't quite work out. So those okay. three years I, I spent over in Mexico, they were very much a learning experience. Okay, so you played pro ball in Mexico. I did. And, and you know that's something that most of us don't know anything about. They don't know anything. <laughs> I didn't know anything yeah. about it. I mean, is it a, is it a good league? I mean, it, I it is. Yeah. It, it is. Matter of fact, a lot of the uh, NBA players who were either on injured reserve or they were coming back. That was one of the leagues that they were playing in. That makes sense. To, yeah. to get back in shape or to rejuvenate themselves mm-hmm. until coming back into the league, or if they've gotten cut, that was one of the first leagues that they went to. And um, we had uh, on each team there was four Americans on each team, um, and uh, we had some really good players. Now, now what was the name of your team? Uh, Agudineros. Oh my goodness! Atorion. <laughs> um, <laughs> What's it mean? It, it means cotton pickers. Cotton pickers. Cotton pickers. <laughs> and um, it, it was it was actually a, a really the, the first team I went to was Leon Guanajuato, and Leon was uh, in um, the city is Leon, but uh, it was in the north central part of Mexico, and I was there for I think four months, hmm. and um, one of the coaches and I we didn't quite get along. We had some some differences and. <laughs> And so I was traded to Torreon, Guarulhos, right, right. Um, and uh, I, I stayed there for the other two and a half years, and uh, it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. Uh, I, I just, I'm just curious about it. I don't want to spend a lot of time with it, but yeah. it's just because I never heard of a, a, a what do they call it, it's, and it would be it's NBA. Called, no, it's the Simaba. Uh, and it is the Mexican league for Mexican professional basketball league. How about that? And uh, I mean, you you had some really great talents over huh, there. Yeah, know? and and that's the thing about it is that uh, the. MEA is so limited yes. as far as the, actually when you really come down to the number of people who are actually playing in that league is very small compared to the overall population. And you have a lot of people who have really good talent, but man, you're you're competing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and even some of the people who make the team don't play much. Absolutely, <laughs> so, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Now, when I'm sitting here looking at your hands, <laughs> this is I'm, I'm the eyes of the audience. <laughs> his his fingers, I mean, what? <laughs> they're just they're just long. But I mean, you can handle a basketball yes. i can see that yes yes <laughs> and my thing was i, I was also um uh, my vertical jump was very very high I was um actually one of the third highest vertical jumps in the country uh vertical leaps uh when i came out of college okay. um so that was something else that really helped yeah. as well so yeah yeah but uh, you see and you said that during that time this is when all those temptations start coming into your life. You're yes. just a young man. You're away from home. Yes. And things just begin to happen. They did. And uh, uh, just you don't, don't get into great detail, but just kind of lay it out for us. Well, you know, you got money. You're, you're, um, you're there. Um, there's no really restraints. Um, and, and in fact, the 
the league that we played in, every almost everybody drank, everybody got high, um, but some of us we just took it to the extreme. Yeah. And then think about it when you think about athletes, you usually don't think about athletes who are taking substance and, and drinking because you 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 want to be the best you can be. And so, how does that work? Well, for me, I, I mean, it was. We thought that if we were high, we played better. Really? You know, yeah, we really did. Is that true? Well, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 put it this way: it young and rambunctious. You know, it didn't really hinder us very right. much until we uh, allowed it to take control. Uh-huh. And you didn't really have any control of it taking yeah, control. Yeah, you're taking the ball to the wrong basket yeah. and you start thinking, what's wrong here? <laughs> we didn't quite get there. <laughs> but it, it was the fact that, you know, it sometimes it took even more to get you to that place where you were oh, that's able what, to that's play. What, that's what it does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it, but it was crazy, you know, because uh, even at halftime, you know, we would be drinking either beer, um, my my owners actually they i was at that time i was drinking what they call cavasse or hennessy they'd buy me a fifth of cavasse for each game really you know oh yeah and then my teammates and and i uh the other americans the day before the game or uh, uh, the day of the game after our shoot around and our practice we'd get together we'd all get high and you know laugh and act crazy and you know get ready for the game that was our daily wow. uh, normal preparations you know and now do we find that sort of thing in the nba not as much i don't think um i think it was it's more prevalent when it's away from mm-hmm. here yeah cause, but you do hear stories from time to yeah. time about athletes who, who get kicked out of the league because yeah. they're they're caught with some substance or, or whatever correct and, and like i said uh my, my you know impression and and i'm not I've, I've i've played basketball when i was young but i was nowhere in your league <laughs> yeah. and uh but uh, you know i said you want to be in the best shape you can possibly be i mean you're playing professional basketball and that's that's your craft you know, it's a you know i had a have a higher opinion i guess but but, uh, but again, I'm not there, so right. I don't know. Well, we train now. Now we train hard. That's one of the things that we did. We train hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in the training hard that we did, that was still what we did. And especially being there, there was not a lot of other things to do. Those were the things that oh, we yeah, kind of yeah. gravitated toward because it was we were there sp- specifically for uh, our abilities to play basketball. Right. Uh, we didn't get involved in a whole lot of the other activities um, were these were these towns small that, that you were a part of the town no the town i was in was huge really oh there was it was huge huh. uh, oh yeah. yeah yeah um in in fact some of the cities that we played in mexico city was, was one well, of the I know largest. It is. oh yeah. my god it, yeah. it was one of the largest yeah. that there is yeah, it's been millions for oh, years yes <laughs> yes 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 now there were a couple of cities that we played in that were small um but for the most part the city in Toronto where i was at it was huge. Mm. Um, Chihuahua, Durango, and those are some strange names to you, but those are some of the cities and the teams that we play. Well, I've, I've heard of Chihuahua. I'm, I'm driving a Durango. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, okay. Well, the, the thing is, is that somewhere along the line, something changed in your life. I mean, you, you grew up in a Christian home. You had a Christian parents. They probably didn't uh, allow you to drink or do drugs no. or that sort of thing. No. So, wh- where was what happened there? I think um, me being an only child, I wanted to fit in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that was more than anything for me 
wanting to fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I grew up, where I grew up, out on Lonnie Road, that was, that's out in the country. I know where that's at. That's yeah. considered the, that was considered the country yeah. then. Now everything is moved out in that area. Sure. But then that was considered the country, and nobody wanted to come out in the yeah. country. You know, yeah, so. I'm going to talk to whoever put those speed bumps on my yeah. here recently. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And, and so, uh, but when you, was it in the, in college, or was it more when you went to try for the pros? or? I, Actually, it was in high school. Really? Uh, it was in high school for me. Um, but again, wanting to fit in. Yeah. You know, wanting to be a part of the crowd, the the what's going on crowd. But then my senior year, I, I made a commitment that I wouldn't drink, I wouldn't do drugs, I wouldn't do anything because I wanted to focus on playing basketball. And I did that until at the ending of the year when I started getting around other athletes. And that's what they did, mm-hmm. you know. And so I... I just thought that was fitting in and you know but some of them they were able to handle that Mm -hmm. you know and not allow it to handle them but that wasn't my testimony it began to handle me uh, in junior college Um, not just in junior college but it wasn't so bad in in college at FAMU as it was once I left FAMU and pursued the professional levels because that's what most of them did. Mm-hmm. And so, again, trying to fit in, trying right. to be accepted. Well, that's one of the things that I have learned just from interviewing people. Fortunately, God's kept me away from all that sort of thing. I've never never had drugs, never never drank, never did any of those things. But just from talking to people who've been here on the radio show, that when you're young, a lot of times you can just function. Uh, and uh, I don't know whether you know Rosalind Hopkins. I do. Okay. I do. She's been here on the show, and she uh-huh. talked about it. She said she was in college and, and getting educated and until one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then one day, it just all just collapsed. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Absolutely. He says it, it takes more to maintain the same high. And, and, of course, the body is breaking down when you don't realize it's right. breaking down. Correct. And that was her testimony. That's correct. Until that, there was a day when she just – just lost it. That's right. That's and, uh, right. and of course, as you're getting older, this this is part of it. And, that, and that's, isn't that the trick of the devil? It is. You know? It I mean, is. it's just it like the, is. it's the frog in a kettle, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. It, it's, it's, he just keeps heating it up, heating it up, yeah. heating up. Mm-hmm. And young people, they think they're indestructible. Yes, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a witness. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Until one day you begin to realize that this is affecting your body. Now, you, now if I understood you right, you said this is when you're in junior college. Yes, absolutely. Well, what what happened there? Well, what happened was um, I had a roommate, and my roommate was actually a dealer, and um, I began to notice I was declining from training. I was declining from uh, my spiritual time. And I was focusing more on getting high. Mm-hmm. Um, I was focusing more on doing those things that were centered around getting high, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the things that had got me to where I was at. And um, it really began to affect me. And um, I, it was only by the grace of God that I wind up coming, leaving Pensacola and coming home that I think I looked in the mirror or something happened and it made me say, who am I? Mm-hmm. And for wow. for a little while, I, I, I took a break and I kind of regrouped and I went back 
and to take my focus back to the thing that I loved doing was playing basketball was my prayer time, my studying the Bible. Um, more so until I got in college mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the cycle repeated itself again, but not as bad. Mm -hmm. um, and um, because I, 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 my aspiration was to make it to the NBA and I, I felt myself, I didn't want to slip like I did and where I was at in junior college. Yeah. And so I, I kind of sparingly did some of those things that I was doing in junior college. Mm -hmm. Do you think that uh, the drugs and the alcohol affected your ability to play in the NBA? I do. Do you? I do. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, in fact, um, I, I noticed um, I was injured my third year. The ending of my third year, San Antonio was actually there to sign me. Um, we were in Durango. Now, this is your third year playing in the Mexican in League. In Mexican yeah, League. Okay. Um, they were there to sign me. My agent was there. Um, and the place that they came to sign me at, the year before in Durango, they just built this really nice coliseum. I was the third leading scorer in the, in the, whole, in the whole league. And I had set a record in that gym, anasium. And the scouts were there. They were coming to see if I was going to break that record that I set the year before in that gym. Wow. And I went in the gym, went into the game, and I was, <laughs> I had overdone it, uh, not even realizing because we had done it so much. Wow. And I got injured. Oh, my night. goodness. Um, and after I got injured, I realized that I was just a, I realized how high I was because even injured as injured as I was I, did, I thought I would get up and try to press through it uh -huh. and I wound up damaging my leg even the more oh my goodness and um, so after that I realized that something had to change and mm -hmm. for about a year something did change and um, so how long did it take you to recover right at about a year Oh really? Right at about a year. So, you, so you you were out of playing basketball I was out for a of year for, for about a year for about a year. I've always wondered about that. Athletes who get injured when they come back, are they as good? I was. I were was. You? I was. I was. I was. Uh, I was twenty five. Twenty? Mm -hmm. No, I wasn't twenty five. Yeah, I was. I was eighty. I was twenty four. Yeah, I was twenty four. Okay, yeah, you, you you were still very young. Still young. <laughs> yeah, twenty four. The reason I ask that because I I see this a lot of times. These players, uh, um, the basketball player, football player, they're out for a year. And they come back, and I ask myself now, have they have they regressed any? But, but then they have to. I mean, they still know how to play the game. The mind knows how, but you almost have to kind of refocus. You do. To, oh, you do. Uh, you to do. kind of start all over again and get your body back in condition because you haven't been able to condition during that period of time. And I felt, often wondered about that. I, I remember there was a an FSU player several years ago, and he he pulled a hamstring or, or uh, ACL, I think it was, and uh, he rehabbed, came back. Ran the ball down, did it again, mm -hmm. and he was done. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, yeah, oh, that's so sad it is. because it is. Your, your your body. I mean, you say, "Well, okay, I got a torn ACL, I want to play," mm -hmm. but your body says, "No, you're not." No, 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 <laughs> so, no, you can't do it. So, so you are at this point, and of course, you're, how how long did you play in the basketball professionally? Three years. Three years. Three years. And then after that, you were done. Well, I tried with the, I went in the military after that, and I tried with the All Army 
basketball team, uh, but my addiction rose up again okay. uh, while I was in the military. And in fact, it got so bad that I knew that if I didn't do something, it was going to cause me to either an embarrassment to my family and myself or to the military. Mm-hmm. And I had led the, the, the post that I was on to a championship, basketball championship. And so I went to the commander out of the favor and asked, listen, is there some way you can find for me to get out before I do something that's going to cause shame and harm to me and my family and the, and the military right and they said uh she they she said well why don't we just get you some help and i said well i've tried help already i've gone to two treatment centers and that didn't work and um i just really want to get some help and uh, i really want to just take a chance to get out and just find find my way and they found they got me out on the general on the honorable condition um with because of my addiction and so um after that, I think I just played different leagues, but I, I never pursued it any right. further. Um, and it, my addiction just soared. Wow. And um, it soared to 23 different treatment centers. And for 21 years, I, my addiction just, it did wow. what it did. But, but so you got out of the Army and then what, just went into work? and I went to work, went into the car business, actually. Okay. And uh, I sp- I have spent rather than about 30 years in the car business um, with my, my addiction, um, and God really blessed me because I was always top three. Of, no, you're very of, personal. You know, I mean, and, I, I, th- I think I'd buy a car from you. <laughs> like I said, I just met you, but I mean, yeah. you seem very personal. <laughs> but it just, that addiction had a hole. But I didn't realize that God was going to use that to help others. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was going to actually send me back into the places that I had gone in order to be able to show them that there's deliverance, there's healing, and, and as bad as I was, right. if God can deliver me, yeah, He can and do I, it. For and him. I think that's really the message here this morning. I mean, you know, here on the radio, people are listening, and it's very possible that there are others who are in your in same situation that they're they are where you were. Yes, and they're probably saying, "Okay, now how did you get delivered?" Because they want to know. Yes. So what happened? Well, let me tell you what happened. I had been crying out to God all of those years. Um, all of those years of my addiction, I was, he had me writing poems. He had me writing uh, songs. All of those, t- through, during all of that time, uh, I was in Teen Challenge. Okay. And, um, I went to Teen Challenge. Uh, first, uh, my mom had heard about Teen Challenge and the, they were at a crisis center because they didn't have any spots open at the regular Teen Challenge. So in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, I spent five months in the crisis center. Uh, left there. I went to Bonifay, Florida for four months where I went to uh, the primary uh, teen challenge um, and I thought I was fixed. My father's a pastor, my uncle's a pastor, my grandfather was a pastor. I'm ready. I was brought up in the church. I'm ready. And I wound up wandering another year and a half or two years. And after that, my mom said, you got to do something. Mm -hmm. And I went to Teen Challenge in Sanford, Florida, where I completed, um, graduated, and I wind up um, staying there and helping with the music and all of that. But that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, my crying out to God, God had already heard my cry, and he delivered me. He set me free. Um, 
And um, I don't know if you know, have heard of Pastor Kimberly Daniels of Spoken Word Ministry in Jacksonville, Florida. No, her and no. her then husband, Pastor Danny Daniels, they were friends of mine. And they used to be drug addicts themselves. God used them to reach out to me to help me get my life in order. And uh, God delivered me. And so that's what happened. And, and what I always tell parents and I tell husbands and wives if their children or their sons and daughters, their husbands or wives are caught up in their addictions, I always tell them, don't give up on them. Keep praying for right. them. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused here, so I want to see if I can uh, get this straight in my own mind. You so said, how many times? 23? 23. One treatment. 21 center. times. So the one in Sanford, was it like the first one or was it the last one? That was the last. The last one. The okay. last so there had been others before that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, 20 plus, 20 different treatment centers that I had gone to. Okay, so you, you'd been through a lot of things. Yes. And this is over over the whole time? Over the 23 20, years. 23 years. Over the 23 you're, years. You're, you're trying desperately to get yes. delivered and you're going to different yes. places. Yes. And so finally, the, the, the Teen Challenge in Sanford was the the place that God used to correct this. It, it was correct. And how long ago has that been? Eight, over 18 years ago. 18 years. Over 18 years And so years you've ago. been delivered since then. I've been delivered since Thank then. Thank the Lord for that. Yes. Okay. And uh, was there diff something different about Teen Challenge? That was it, I don't think it was so much as in Teen Challenge. And then maybe it was because at Teen Challenge, I got a chance to be a part of Teen Challenge reaching out to the streets, to the neighborhoods. We did um, rallies to different churches. And as we went to different churches and did in our rallies, what we would do is we would go in. And this is a whole lot of drug addicts in treatment center mm -hmm. going to different churches. Oh, yeah. yeah. Singing gospel yeah. music, uh, giving their testimonies, praying with and for people. And as I began to experience that, and God started doing something in me. What was already in me, he started perfecting that. Mm -hmm. He started transforming me for his purpose and his glory. And as I began watching that and watching people get healed and their sons and daughters, them crying out for their sons and daughters, their husbands and wives, and then seeing them delivered and healed, it began to transform me. And um, God used that and it, it Gave me kind of like the stepping stone. Mm -hmm. Six months, right? The Teen Challenge? It was 12 months. 12 months. It was okay. 12 months. At what, what stage? What you're describing at what stage? Was it, was it six months in? It was probably about six months in. Probably about So something six. began to change in your own heart and mind. It, yes. It, it, it took a while. And I tell you what changed. I read a book by Mike Bickle, Passion for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And in that book, it was a prayer, and in that prayer, it asked, how bad do you want Jesus? Mm -hmm. And I thought I was on fire for God, and I began to, as I asked God, I said, God, I want you with one unbroken passion for your son, Jesus. And when I prayed that prayer, the Spirit asked me, do you want me bad enough what if it meant you losing your eyesight? Mm. Wow. What if it meant you losing your mom mm -hmm. or your children or one of your limbs? Do you want me that bad? And I thought I was on fire. I began to weep. And almost for four months, I wept because I couldn't honestly say yes. Mm -hmm. 
But that was something, a part of that, and seeing people's lives transform that God started using that to yeah. have my hunger and my thirst for Him even the more. Wow. Yeah. Well, Teen Challenge is a, is a great ministry. I mean, I've, I've had them here on the radio show. Many times I've, I've known people who've gone through the program. And, of course, David Wilkerson was a very uh, sincere yes, <laughs> in, yes. individual. Yes. And, of course, his own experiences. You know, I think most people have probably read The Cross of the Switchblade. Yes. Which yes. is yes. <laughs> so yes. quite, a, quite a story in itself. Yes. You know? yes. And so thank God for, for him and, and uh, this ministry that he's established. I, yes. And I talked to him when they were uh, the director was here. And I said, well, have you ever thought about changing the name? Because uh, really, you know, you, you don't really have that many teenagers. <laughs> and he said, no. That's what everybody knows it as. So, but but of course his ministry when he went to that uh, New York. jury, yeah. well, with the, to the jury trial, yes. the, it was teenagers. So that's yes. what caught his attention. That is. Uh-huh. But uh, of course, all that changed. Well, the thing is, is it we always want to bring people to hope. Uh, it's like Sister Rosalind talks yes. about. As long as there's yes. breath in my body, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> says, there's hope. Yes. And so anybody that may be listening today, if you may be dealing with these things. And Brother brother Bruce is here to tell you, hey, there's there's deliverance. There is. It's sometimes it takes a while and sometimes it's a struggle. But, but the thing that you just said is that you had to come to that point in yourself. Could nobody else do it for you? Nobody could do it for me. Yeah. And I couldn't do it for my wife at that time. I couldn't do it for my children, my mom, who had been crying out, her sister. Well, thank and God for her, though. Yeah, thank <laughs> God for her. Her sister, I used to call them the prayer warriors because it was her, her and, her, and her, 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 her partners. They would pray for me all the time, endlessly. And uh, I thank God for them. Yep, you know, this, this is a good point right here to introduce our song. Yes, because uh, the, now brother Bruce is not only a, a spokesman because he's here talking to us today. He's also an author. He's written a book. It's a book of poems. Yes, and actually, I have volume three. He brought yes. me here. It's called "Words of Encouragement Inspired by God," written by Thaddeus K. Bruce. I said volume three. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so it, those are out there available. Yes. Do you have a website? Where I people, do. Okay. ThaddeusBruce.com. That's easy enough. Yeah. Thaddeus Bruce, <laughs> and I want to spell. It for you if you're like me. Uh, I never get T H A D D E W S. No, E U S. See, I'm looking at it and spelled it wrong. (laughs) That looked like a W to me. T H A D D E U S K Bruce. But the website is Thaddeus Bruce. There's no K. Don't put the K in. All right, ThaddeusBruce.com. Dot com. Mm -hmm. And uh, you could get volume. You only brought me volume three. (laughs) So you can get volume one and two. And I say it's a it's a, a collection of poems. Now you wrote all these poems. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then and then he, he he sings. Yes. And what's the name of this song? This song that we're doing is called uh, "Love Did It." Love did it. That is K. Bruce. Love did it. L O V E did it. Love did it. Love done it. Love did it, love done it, put Jesus' name upon it, love 
precious blood Endure the cross All because of his love Love did it Love done it Love did it Love done it Put Jesus' name upon it This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and uh, well, I'm just excited to be with you here on 94.1, and I hope that you'll make this a regular habit to join me every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. We'll always have a, a good show for you. We usually have guests that we interview. Sometimes it's just me, but uh, we prefer to have a guest here, so we want to hear uh, what's on the heart of people. And people ask me all the time, they say, well, when I invite them to come to the show, they say, well, what are we going to talk about? And I said, well, we're going to talk about your passion <laughs> and uh, <laughs> amazing how well that works. Yes. But I do want to invite you to join me on Saturday evenings. I have a show called The Gospel. On the, no, this is The Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. The Saturday Night Gospel Sing. And that's an hour of Southern Gospel music. I love Southern Gospel. And uh, so that's uh, 7 o'clock every Saturday night here on 94.1. And then, of course, Monday through Friday is the daily broadcast, Gospel on the Radio broadcast. It's a teaching of the Word on a daily basis. And also, if you would like to find this on the podcast, it's show number 1035. If you want to hear it again or share it with a friend, go to the podcast. Just type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee. And it'll come up, and you'll find there's, there's the talk shows there and the daily broadcast as well. And you can uh, check all that up. 
And one last thing before we get back to Brother Bruce here is I am the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, and we're located at 720 Capital Circle Northeast in a storefront there right across from the federal prison. We're between uh, Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. So if you're heading toward Park Avenue, you'll see us on the right-hand side of the road. We'll have a sign out there on Sunday morning for you, and love to have you bring the family. We start at 11.05 on Sunday mornings, FRCM. US. That's our website. Check it out. We'd love to see you bring the family, and uh, we'll worship together. Thaddeus Bruce is our guest today, and he's been telling us about his life. God has delivered him from drugs and alcohol and uh, all those things that God, uh, he just knows how to do. Yes. But the devil, he likes to hold people in bondage. Uh, one of the things that concerns me, Brother Bruce, is uh, Today, uh, marijuana use has become very popular, and uh, of course, in here in the state of Florida, medical marijuana has been uh, legalized. Some states are just legalizing it all together, and I'm not, I'm not really clear in my own mind about what I feel like the government should do about it. So I'm not going there. What I'm concerned about is that. So many of the people who I've had here on this radio show, and I've had people from all different types of ministries, and, and a lot of them are involved in the, the recovery type ministry. I ask them, I say, how do most people get started? They say, well, marijuana. Alcohol and marijuana, and then at least other things. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm, I'm in compliance with that. Um, I know for me, um, I started as... Uh, real young I used to watch my aunts and my cousins they used to drink all the time and I used to slip and get me a little drink with them and they'd smoke pot and uh, I'd slip and smoke a little pot with them and um, you know it was something that I thought it felt pretty cool Uh, at least at that time I thought Mm -hmm. that was cool and now I realize what it actually was but um I get mixed emotions with that because I know for me that helped lead me to some other things. Mm-hmm. You know, some folks, that's all that they want to do. They're afraid of doing anything else. And But then there's some of us who, you know, we're kind of inquisitive. We want to know, well, what else is there? Right, you know, right. Something different. Uh, so for me, I think um, everybody doesn't have an addictive personality. Mm-hmm. But, those but, but you never do, know until you try. You never know right, until you right, try. Right. And then some of us, oh, oh yeah, boy. Yeah. And that's, that's and, uh, uh, and I've never had a desire to. Mm-hmm. But I've always said, I don't know. I mean, I, I could have that addictive pro- personality. I probably do. And so if I don't ever start, yeah, I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, unfortunately, uh, as you said earlier, you want to fit in, you want to be cool, yeah. and that's that's where it starts yeah. generally. Yes. And uh, sometimes it just starts. Somebody hands you a beer, uh, you're you're among your peers. You want desperately to fit in. Absolutely. And there you go, and Absolutely. it begins a lifetime. Yes. And people, uh, as, as they get older, their body doesn't deal with it as well. And and uh, I mean, like you, uh, you're driving down the road, you stop at a traffic light, and there's uh, somebody standing there with a sign. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, you could tell. You could just look at them, and you could see what's what's going on in their lives. Right. You go, well, okay, how did that start? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't just one day end up on the side of the road no. with a sign. No, something happened somewhere along the line. They made a decision, right? And now, a lifetime later, here they are. Yeah, and see, that's what that's what tugs at my heart. 
and and uh, and I, I love young people so much. I spent so much of my life in in youth ministry, and, and when I when I have them at that tender young age, and I have the ability to speak into their life, I want them to listen. Mm-hmm. But I know that they're not all listening. But they're listening, but it's still, I want to fit in. Yeah. It's cool to be with my peers. That's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to not hang out with them, so I got to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Instead of understanding that, the truth of the matter is, one of the, one day, your peers are probably going to be coming to you because you didn't. And they actually respect you because you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not able to say that. As they wish that they were strong enough to be able to say no. But they not able to yeah so what you're saying is the voice yes my voice or whoever's voice it's it's there all along it's there all along oh yeah and and they're fighting it they're fi- yeah yeah yes yeah. yes yeah. yes. i do you ever read a book uh but uh, one of john grisham's book called the, the bleachers mm. and uh in that in this book this guy he's uh he's telling this story he, he's in vietnam he's on this boat that blows up and he's underneath of it and they're shooting at him and he he uh he's hanging on hanging on hanging on and trying to trying to survive and uh, he said all the time the voice of his high school football coach is in his head wow. Wow. <laughs> and uh, and he said that's what saved him wow. because because this is you know football coach in his head just screaming at him says you loser you loser <laughs> and 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 it, and it was it's good i mean john christian could tell a good yeah. story you yes. know? Yeah. and so but that's that's what you're saying is it yes. the, even though i'm up there and i'm trying my best I mean, with passion, I'm trying to convince these young people not to make those bad decisions. You're, you're saying that they're hearing me. They're hearing you. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're hearing you. And it's just a matter of time that it's going to come back to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be in a situation and they'll remember, I remember pastors saying this. Mm-hmm. Or I remember whoever's talking to them, speaking into their lives. I remember those words and they're holding on to those words. But they want to fit in so bad that they don't want to let go of the words but in the same sense they want to fit in mm. and i know that was my wow case. wow yeah, yeah that's a powerful statement yes. what you just said there yeah you well i mean can you say that i mean as you're going through these things were there voices in your past yes. that your pastor your mother your grandmother yes. that was, that was uh, speaking yeah. to you yes my grandmother especially my grandmother would always she you know it was funny she'd say Boy, let go and let God. <laughs> and I used to hear that, and I used to be smoking and getting high, or whatever. And I, I'd want to let go, but I couldn't because I was trying to hold on to it. Right. But I didn't want to. And finally, when the when I did cry out that one time and said, "Okay, God, I, I'm releasing it all to you, God. I need your help. I, I can't. I've tried it, but." You got all power. My grandmother said, let go and let you, and I'm letting go. And that time, he actually took it from me. Wow. You know what? I'm just sitting there thinking. I'm thinking, okay, let's go back to the time that you went to Sanford to the Teen Challenge. What had happened in your life right before that that brought you to the point to where you realized, I've got, I've got to go again? Even though you'd been to several places, what happened that time? What happened was this. I had gotten to the point that it was so bad. I've always been one that um, in the car business made money and I excelled in that. And I had 
my wife was gone. My children were gone. And what happened there? Because of my addiction. So they, they left you? They left. She okay. took the kids, um, which was the best thing that she could have done for them. Mm. Um, and I I got to the point that in, in, in recovery and in treatment centers, they always tell you, don't ever say never. I'll never uh, sell for a woman. I'll never sell my body uh, to get dope or or, or guy. I, I'll never uh, pawn my car out. Or I'll never steal. And those things begin to happen, especially my car. And I would pawn my car out. And this particular time, I not only had pawned my car out, but the car was wrecked, total. I was walking. On, on the streets I had been walking for I don't know how many days trying to find some way to get some dope or to get something to eat and it got so bad and, and that I said God if you just help me just get, let my mom let me call my mom and I didn't want to call her you know like that, I, that my car was gone but I finally broke down and I called and she had already been calling Teen Challenge to see if they would get me back in uh, because it was getting worse. And, mm-hmm. I, and so that's exactly what happened. Wow. I mean, you had really hit bottom. I hit the bottom. Wow. I hit the bottom. And so at that point, your mother intervened, which is good. Yes. <laughs> I was so, willing to do any whatever yeah. it took at that time. Wow. Wow. So were you here in Tallahassee then? I was here in Tallahassee. Tallahassee. I was here in Tallahassee. Were you still working? I was I was working, but I had missed maybe two weeks. But because of the gifting and the ability that God had given me to sell cars exceptionally well, every place that I would go, you know, it would still take me back to work because they knew I was going to sell a lot of cars and make a lot of money. Right, right. Um, and that's what happened. And uh, But I hadn't been to work, I guess, in about two weeks because okay. I was out using and so finally I just said no, what have I got to do uh, now when you say you pawned your car what is how, how do you I do that give, I would give the dope dealer my car for dope in exchange for dope while they would drive the car and I'd be using the dope getting high while really? they were driving and doing whatever they were doing I'd be at some drug house uh, um, getting high or a hotel wow. getting wow. high it had gotten that, to, to that point okay now so you go through Teen Challenge. You say it's a year, it's a year, year program. It's a year program. Somewhere in the middle, you told us that uh, God really got a hold of you. Yes. And so then from the next six months, you're starting to grow in your faith. Even okay. the more, yes. Yeah. So you come out, then what happened? What happened was I, I wind up again doing the very thing like I told you before. I took back my will for about eight months. And I wound up using and doing that same, compete, repeating that cycle. And I'd never been arrested for drugs. I'd been arrested for some checks for writing to get drugs, but I'd never been arrested. All of those years, I'd never been arrested. And I was so tired, and I said, God, you know, I know this is wrong, but if you'll help me, let me get this over with. I'll go home, and I won't ever use dope again. And okay, we'll get what, what over with. If this 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 little run that I was on, okay, this okay. little run that I was on, I'll I'll never use dope again. And he he knew I wouldn't. <laughs> so uh, that night I got arrested, and I spent about almost thirty days in jail. Were you, were you driving or what I was happened? I was in I was I just I was in the back of a hotel, and I was in the car, and the vice 
pulled up in front of us and they busted the car uh there it was three people in the car they arrested me there was another young lady in the car they arrested her and that was it it was just the two of us that got arrested um and so um but they arrested me with paraphernalia and substance and I went to a one year of drug court. I never used dope again. That's been 18, over 18 years ago. Really? So that's what it took. I mean, that's to, to really took. get your attention. But the Lord had been, had, had done a work in your heart and it's teen challenge. Yes. But, but facing the, the judge, I guess. That, that's say, that exactly right. It really got your attention. So, so after that, what happened? Well, that was it. I, uh-huh. I began, my faith began increasing. I walked back into ministry to, uh, singing to outdoor street ministry um, doing those types of things um, writing uh, more singing more Um, in fact um, I I got remarried we did a CD called taking it to the streets uh, which was my first CD project Um, this my last CD project which was called grace love and mercy Um, and this project is called that's not my name anymore and God was telling me that there's so many just like me that who are struggling mm-hmm. that they need to understand that's not who he has called them to be he's called them to be joint heirs redeemed he called them to be the head and not the tail uh, not dope addict not prostitute not junkie not liar not whoremonger but there's, their names have been changed kind of like what happened with Jacob what happened with Abram mm-hmm. his name was changed to Abraham and to be able to go around and share with folks that don't give up on your sons and daughters because that's not who they really are. Mm-hmm. That's just that period that they're going through for God, shaping them, folding, molding them to be who he's called them to be. All right, but you, you, you pray that while these people, young or old, are going through these things, that the devil doesn't take their lives. Absolutely. Uh, because... <laughs> You know, I mean, so many, so many do. So many do. It, it happens so often. <laughs> now, I want you to do this for me. I want you to speak to that person that's out there is where you were. What I would tell you is this, is that it doesn't make a difference how far you've fallen, how many times you've fallen. It doesn't make a difference who's walked away from you. Even and especially if you're by yourself and alone, I want you to know that God has not given up on you. You know, one of the things that you need to understand is that, as the scripture said to me, is that while I was yet sinning, Christ died for me. And I needed to hear that in my spirit. I also needed to hear that in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And I was one of those. I qualified as the ungodly. Mm-hmm. I qualified as the lost, the the one who was the black sheep, one that was given up on, that was all by myself. And I messed up again. Here I am. I'm telling you, 23 years of that. I, I, I wanted to give up hope, but God had placed something in me that wanted me that I couldn't give up because of the purpose and the plan that He has for my life. And I'm saying the same thing to you because of the purpose and the plan that God has. For for your life he doesn't want you to give up just look to him and right now no matter how bad
mad it is. What he's saying to you is, hey, I'm knocking on your door. I've been right here with you all the time, waiting on you to say, I surrender. I surrender. I give it all. And because of the love of God, he wants you to understand that he's seen it all. He knows everything, every time you've fallen, everybody that's walked away, every time you've said, Lord, if you'll help me, I won't do it again, and you've gone back. He understands that, and he wants you to know that he's right here waiting on you. Mm. He's been waiting, and he won't give up on you. His hands are right there extended saying, here I am, son. Here I am, daughter. I'm waiting on you. My love, my arms are open, and all I'm asking you to do is give me a try. You've tried dope, you've tried drugs, alcohol, you've tried men, you've tried women, you've tried everything else. Now he's saying, try me. Mm. Give me a chance. Let me show you real love. Let me feel the void that's in your, in your heart. The thing that you've been trying to fill with dope, with relationships, with money, with work, He's saying, try me. Let me show you what true love is. Praise the Lord. So now, somebody hearing this message and their heart stirred, what should they do? First of all, one of the things you can do is make that prayer. Lord, I here I am. I don't know what else to do. If you saved him and you said your word said you're no respecter person. Here I am. I want help. I want you. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. There's churches. There's pastors that you can call. There's different places that you can call. You can, I'm sure you can call pastor right here. Um, but that's what you can do. You can reach out to somebody and say, listen, I need help. And I'm ready. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing about it is that... Uh, it's a very good possibility that there's somebody right now that's uh, they're, they're struggling and they're, they so desperately want to be delivered. They need hope. Sometimes they don't know where to turn. And one of the things that you just said, it just kind of uh, resonated with me when you said, uh, Lord, I need help. I need help. And that's 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 the heart's cry. Yes. I mean, just to come to that point to where you just say, hey, I've, I've done everything. Yes. I'm done with myself. Lord, I need help, and uh, let God do that in whatever direction He takes you. And uh, Pastor Bruce is right. I mean, I'm a person I don't know anything about addiction. I, I mean, I've never done it, but I've been around enough people who I know can help, <laughs> and yes. I can point you in the right direction. Yes. I can give you Brother Bruce's phone number. I mean, we're not, and, uh, what I'm saying is that there's help. And yes, yes, yes. Uh, five six seven one seven zero three. I, I give my number out all the time, brother yes. Bruce. Yes. <laughs> of course, don't forget the area code. Yes, five six seven one seven zero three. Call me, and uh, I'll I'll put you in touch with somebody because I, I like I said, there's been all kinds of ministries on this show that deals with people who are struggling with addiction, and they know how to help. Yes, um, I mean I can pray for you, <laughs> but uh, my goodness. Uh, get get help get help yeah. there's hope there's, there's hope yes yeah. yes and see, the thing about it is that I know what this stuff does to you that I do know I mean especially some of the things that people are experiencing with like like math things like that I mean these things can kill you quick they will they and, will uh, don't don't put it off get help get help 
And of course, you mentioned Teen Challenge, and and uh, that's that's a ministry that's helped a lot of people. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, we mentioned Sister uh, Rosa Tompkins. She's yes. she's helped a lot of people in this community. Yes, uh, different. There's different places here in town that are that are equipped to help people. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of Haven Arrest, where they're gone, but uh, Life. I think it's called the Life. Uh, Life Recovery Center. Yes, yes, and uh, they're they, they want to help. Yes. These people, they they just they lived to help people. Yes, they, <laughs> they really do. Yes, and they do. Just wonderful, wonderful people who are very committed. Yeah. To, and and again, you know, you touched on something again. You, you, as long as you're at a place and you're saying, "I really want help," because that's what it comes to. Yeah. You know, again, you said something earlier about you can't do it for mama, you can't do it for your husband, or your wife, or your children. You have to do it for you. Yeah. You have to get to the place that you say, "I surrender." And I'm ready to do whatever it takes. Right. Yeah. And help is available. There's yeah. you can call me nine zero four seven zero four eleven ninety five or go to my Facebook page, uh, uh, Thaddeus Bruce, and and I have a, a part of my Facebook page is called uh, Care. He cares for us, um, and because he cast your cares is what it's called. And God is saying right now to you. That's there. That's looking for help. Yeah. He's saying, "Cast your cares on me, because I care for you." And that website is thaddeusbruce. Thaddeusbruce.com. Dot com. And uh, probably be the easiest thing for somebody to remember. Yes. Phone numbers are hard for me to remember. Yes. Thaddeusbruce.com. You could go there, check out his website. Probably got phone number. Phone numbers on there. 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 Cast your cares is on yeah. there, and there's for you to get some help right now. Yeah, and that's that's our hope, and and. Uh, that's been our prayer for the start of this show, yes. and, and I told Brother Bruce this: is I'm, I'm, I just sense that there's going to be people listening to this show, whether it's like say on the air, podcast, or on the internet someplace. You may be on the other side of the world. I don't know, but uh, God's there. I mean, He's there to help you, and I'm sure that in your city, wherever you are, there's people there who, like I say, they 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 live. I mean, the, if somebody calls them. It makes their day. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, that's right. It's just amazing. I, uh, when I when I when I talk to them, when I have people here on the show, and I hear their passion, it's just it's just amazing thing to me that in God's kingdom He has people who are equipped in all different facets to minister and help people. Absolutely, <laughs> and that's just a glorious thing. Absolutely, well, brother Bruce, your story is. Uh, Quite intriguing, <laughs> and, uh, and I appreciate you taking the time to to come and, and sit down with us, share this here on the on the radio, and I just pray that um, God would just use this yes. for His glory and yes. praise. Lives will be changed. Uh, you may be somebody yourself, and you're you're a really good athlete, but you've allowed yourself to go down this path. And uh, what Brother Bruce told us, it's it's going to affect your career. Yes, if, if that's what you care about. That that habit's gonna gonna destroy your career, and there's hope. There's there's always hope. Yes. So, well, brother Bruce, we always close the broadcast out with prayer. Yes, Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share this message with this radio audience and on this podcast. And Father God, I pray the Lord that you would deliver. And if there's somebody who's struggling with these type of addictions, that God, that you would deliver them in the name of Jesus. I speak hope in their life. And Father God, I pray for our city. I pray over Tallahassee. God, I pray 
it's a, your hand of protection upon each and every one. I pray for our churches, for our pastors. Yes. We pray for America. Lord God, we pray for America. And Father, we pray for our believers in Afghanistan. And Lord God, we pray for Israel and for the nation of Israel in the city of Jerusalem. And these things we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's been great to have you on the show. Yes, it's been good. It's Until been good. next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you. You did good. You did good. <laughs>